You're listening to the CTK O'Fallon Podcast. I want to take you to Proverbs chapter number 10. And I'm going to read one verse of scripture this morning, and that is verse number 22. I was listening to a sermon this week by a dear friend of mine, a good friend of mine. And every once in a while, I catch his podcast, and he was preaching, and right in the middle of his message, he reminded us of this old passage of Scripture when he quoted this verse, and I haven't been able to escape it. Proverbs chapter number 10, verse 22 says this, The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. Amen. I want to preach to you this morning, if I can, no tears required. No tears required. Can you pray one more time? God, I thank you for your word, and I thank you for this opportunity to be in your house. I pray that your anointing would be upon us today. Let the power of your spirit minister in Jesus' name. We give you the glory and the honor and the praise. And everybody said amen. God bless you as you're seated today in the house of the Lord. Amen. Thank you, brother and sister. Great house. Great to have you with us all the way. Amen. From Homestead this morning. Angie, it's good to meet you. Glad to have you here as well. Amen. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich. We did a series last summer on the Solomon's greatest sermons, and we took Proverbs, rather, chapters 1 through 9, and we preached these first sermons that Solomon had. It was a collection, I think, if you look in there, I can't remember, but Brother Weeks helped me, Brother Davis helped me, and we tag-teamed, I think it was 15 sermons, something like that that Solomon puts together at the beginning of the book of Proverbs, and then we come to chapter number 10, and we transition from these groups of thought to these standalone verses, if you will. They're called pithy statements, and they, they make a truth and, a non, uh, 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 and, and present both sides of those truths. And so each verse can stand on its own. And so we come to this chapter, and there are many verses in this chapter that talk about the uh, 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 they, they, they would take the counterpart of living righteous or living wicked, and the different benefits or the different uh, 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 detractions or, or the pros and the cons, I guess you could say. And we come to verse number 22, and this is just a statement that you can unfold, unpack, whatever you want to use. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. There's so much in this simple statement that we have to look at. Number one, the first thing, is the blessing of the Lord. What is the blessing of the Lord? I don't know, but it sounds good, and I want it. And I hope you want it today. But, but what really is the blessing of the Lord? Well, we have to look all the way back. We go all the way back to the beginning and we see 
that the blessing of the Lord was first established, ordained, set about at the beginning of creation in the Garden of Eden. And Adam and Eve lived in a utopian-type paradise, let's say, this magnificent garden where God had provided everything for them if they just would obey His one simple command, one simple small command, they had liberty to do whatever they wanted. And the Bible says, tells us that God walked with them in the cool of the day. So they lived on earth. They had the liberty to do whatever they wanted. They had everything that they needed. They were without want. They were without need. And they had fellowship with God every single day. They communed with God. But then God gave them their own time to explore and to live out life. And that is the greatest description I could say of the blessing of the Lord. To have everything that you need to live life without want, but yet to be dependent upon God and to have daily fellowship with the Lord. But you know the story. Sin enters in. And in Genesis chapter number 3, we see after sin comes in to the garden here that the Bible tells us that God cursed the serpent. And now for the first time introduced into your scripture is the concept of a curse. There was blessing when there was nothing else but living for God, with God, in the ways of God. But the moment that there was a stepping outside of the ways of God, we see the introduction of a curse. Curse comes upon the serpent. Thou art cursed above the cattle. The curse not only comes upon the serpent, but it comes even upon the land. The Bible says that the land, the ground will be cursed. And now, Adam, you will have to toil. And along with that curse comes something else that we don't mind, and that is, or like, and that is sorrow. And sorrow enters into the scene. Unto the woman, he says... In verse 16 of chapter 3, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. He goes on in verse 17, cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow thou shalt eat of it all the days of thy life. There is now... In this world, blessing and there is cursing. There is blessing in the things of God, but there is a curse. or There is a sorrow. And that sorrow is multiplied when you step outside of the ways of God. That's why I got up this morning and put on my Sunday clothes and came to church today, not just to magnify the Lord and lift Him up, that, but to put Him first in my life, to acknowledge Him, to declare 
him Lord over my life, but not only for me, but for my household. I brought my wife and I brought my son. I brought my family to the house of the Lord because I understand there is a reality between the blessing and the cursing. And I stand here today to preach to you. I came to inspire someone, to encourage someone, to reach for someone that may be contemplating and let you know that the blessing of the Lord is worth every effort that you put into this life. Without the blessing, all you're left with is a curse. It's all you're left with. Without the blessings of God, it's nothing but cursed ground. It's cursed mammals. It's cursed life. It's cursed creation. And the only way that you escape the curse is to get back, to step back into the blessing of the Lord. I don't know about you, but I want the blessing of the Lord in my life. I want the blessing of the Lord. So how do I get the blessing of the Lord? How do I have the blessing of the Lord in our life. Well, God doesn't go very far in Scripture before He moves all throughout the Old Testament, primarily with a people that we call the Israelites, the Hebrews. And when they were brought out of Egypt, out of bondage, they were brought to their promised land. It took 40 years before they would realize the dream that God had for them, prepared immediately, but because of their stubbornness, they were slow to receive the promise that God had. But when they finally come to the day where they're ready to inherit the promised land. I want you to go with me. Deuteronomy chapter number 30. Moses is standing before them. And he's telling the generation of people that are going to go into the promised land. He's telling them that God's on their side. And God is going to bless them. And God is going to use them. But then he comes to this chapter. This is the final generation, the final words that Moses brings to them. Let's begin chapter 30, verse number 15. Moses says this, speaking as the oracle of God. See, I have set before thee this day life and good and death and evil. It's like children that you're bringing to teach them something, to show them something before they make their choice. God says, I brought you life and good, or I brought you death and evil. Here's the choice. In that I command thee this day, here it is, to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments, his statutes, his judgments, that thou mayest live and multiply, and the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land whither thou goest to possess it. Look at the promise. The promise says if you obey, if you walk in his ways, if you keep his commandments, God shall, not may, not might, not probably, shall. God shall bless you. Now, I want to just say this. You hear me say it a lot, but I want to say it again. This thing works. This life of faith is not an experiment. 
We're not still waiting to see what the verdict is. This thing works. God keeps his promises. You can trust in the Lord. You say, well, I, I have trust issues. Well, that's because you've been hurt by men and women that are fallible. Men and women that are finite. But this thing's worked. God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man. Come on. God is not a man that he repents. God doesn't go back on his word. He keeps his promises. And he says this, I shall bless thee in the land where you go to possess. But here it is. Now the blessing and then but the cursing. But if thine heart turn away so that thou wilt not hear but shall be drawn away and worship other gods and serve them. I denounce unto you this day that you shall surely perish that you should not prolong your days upon the land. Whither thou passest over Jordan to go in to possess it. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you, here it is, life and death, blessing and cursing, therefore choose life, that both thou and thy seed may live. And he goes on, that thou mayest love the Lord thy God, and thou mayest obey his voice, and thou mayest cleave unto him, blessing and cursing, blessing and cursing. It's the same things that's, that's standing before us today. Blessing and cursing. That's the choice that you, ultimately you and I have to make in this life. Everything we do is a choice. And every decision that we make has consequences. Every choice that we make has consequences. Whatever you choose to do, you're going to have consequences for whatever, whatever you decide to do. Sometimes those consequences are good. Sometimes those consequences aren't so good. But it comes down to a choice today. Nobody is going to make you do this. It's you making the decision on your own. Living for God. To be a worshiper. To connect with God. To live in fellowship with God. To live beneath the blessings of the Lord. Is, is ultimately comes down to your choice and to my choice. Now, now this is a hard thing because as a parent, I want to make choices for Luca. Anybody else want to make choices for your children? You want to choose... You don't want to choose what they do. You want to choose who their friends are. You want to choose who they marry. You want to choose, come on, somebody. Y'all looking at me. Don't leave me up here by myself. You want to make choices for them. Why? Because you don't want them to make the bad choice. And the reason why you don't want them to make the bad choice, because you made some bad choices in your own life. And, and, and you're trying to figure all these things out, and it comes down to a choice. But ultimately, at the end of the day, you can't make the choice. They've got to make the choice for them on their own. You've got to make the choice for yourself of whether or not you're going to live beneath the blessing of the Lord or beneath the curse of this earth. Now, we don't like consequences. We want to cast the blame. Is this all right this morning if I just talk to you for a little bit? We want to cast the blame and point fingers for other things. Here's where it comes down. At the end of the day, let's just let me speak about me. Let's let Andrew Romine, pastor today, talk about me. When I have frustrating things that happen in my life, now life just happens. There's some things in life you can't control, like getting older, Brother Greyhouse. Can't control that, getting older. I have done something to my arm or my back this week. I don't know what it was, working on the house, and uh, we, we've got a few days to get into the house, and we still see studs and insulation in some places, 
And I've been working, and I thought, oh, I can do this, no problem. I did this, uh, what was it, 12, 13 years ago. It's no problem. <laughs> and, uh, so, and so I thought, man, it's just no sweat. I'll go in there, do all, and now it's taking me twice as long. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. This is life happens. Now, now that, that is just life. You're, that's, that's a curse that will be taken care of in eternity. But for now, you're stuck with that. So my, my arm, if you see me moving my arm today, it's because my arm, I've popped something out of place and my hand's going numb. I'm not really sure what I did, but I probably should get that checked out. I know all you medical people are looking at me right now. But I'm not talking about that. You can't control that. But what I am talking about is living beneath the blessing of the Lord or beneath the curse of sin. That's what that song said. I'd rather have Jesus than anything, than to be the king of a vast domain, or to be held in sin's dead sway. What were they saying in in that course? They were saying, I'd rather have Jesus and live under the blessing of the Lord than to live under the curse of sin in my life. And ultimately, I can't point fingers at anybody else. I can't blame the wife. I can't blame the spouse. I can't blame the parents. I can't blame anybody else. Whether or not I live beneath the blessing of the Lord is ultimately going to come down to whether or not I choose what God has gifted to me and what God has presented for me in my life. And I'm here to tell somebody that this thing works. That if you choose the ways of God, it may cost you a little bit up front. It may cost you your own life, your ambitions, your dreams. You have to come to an altar of repentance and you have to experience a cross of crucifixion for your own. But if you will choose it, the life that God promises is not a maybe. It is not a lottery. It is a absolute. It is a promise. It is a guarantee. The blessings of the Lord. How many in here have been blessed by the Lord? You've had the blessing of the Lord in your life. Come on, put your hands up. In some way, not, I maybe not chosen everything, but I've had the blessings of the Lord manifest in my life in different things. You know why? Not only, Well, first, because he loved us and because he wants to bless us. But he, wants, he loves us and wants to bless us universally. And the reason why some people receive the blessing is because they choose that, God, I want to have the blessing of the Lord inside of my life. I I am here to preach to you. It's the only choice. It's the best choice. It's the greatest choice that you could ever choose in your life. Oh, clap your hands unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's hasten on. I've got to hurry. Let's go to Psalm chapter number one. And we see here, Brother Weeks read for us Psalm chapter, was it chapter two? What Psalm did you read today? 92. Amen. All right. Had some good stuff. Goes right along with what I was preaching. The foundation of the book of Psalms, though, is built upon consecutive chapters. And the very first chapter of the Psalms comes to us in chapter 1. Blessed, happy, That's also that also could be translated happy. And there's a whole other sermon in that. You have that blessings of the Lord, you're going to have happiness. Well, nobody's going to help me preach this morning. Did we serve decaf this morning? Did we do that again? Did we make that mistake? We need to serve coffee. Can we serve coffee while we're selling the pies today? Can we do that? Let's make fresh coffee 
because we'll sell more pies if we give every, we'll free coffee and we'll, we'll give, we'll sell more, we'll sell more pies today. Amen. We need some caffeine. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But here it is. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. There's some choosing. There's some desire that express, that's expressed here. And when that is your choice and that is your desire, he says you're going to be blessed. You're going to be happy in your life. Can I tell you, this world does not give you happiness. Happiness is only fact in the things of God and in the ways of the Lord. He shall be, here it is, another promise, not a maybe, but he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. He goes on, the ungodly are not so. I will tell you this, it was the blessing of the Lord versus the curse of this earth, of sin that's on your life. Jesus. Jesus takes us in Matthew chapter number 5, we can go and we see the same thing when his famous Sermon on the Mount, he begins with what we call the Beatitudes. And in the Beatitudes, he starts out blessed. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. He's talking about those that are humble before God, those that know their place before God. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Why? Because they desire those. Blessed or happy are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed, happy are they that make themselves vulnerable. Amen. They love, and every time you step out in love, every time you step out in faith, In this world, you make yourself vulnerable. But when you make yourself vulnerable, God is going to send the blessing. Amen. Of comfort. You may have hurts and pains, but there's going to be greater comfort than you could ever imagine. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Look at the blessings of the Lord. Happy. Amen. Are they which hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted. Hear this. He goes so far to say that even those that are persecuted for choosing the ways of God still maintain a happiness and a blessing that this world cannot take away. Say, so what are you preaching, preacher? Here's what I'm preaching. Proverbs 10, 22. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich. Now, I don't know about you, but I haven't met one person in this world that doesn't want to be rich. Come on. I want to be rich. 
But what we want is we don't really just want the stuff. We think we want the stuff. We think we want the car. We think we want the mansion. We think we want the worldwide vacation. But what we want is what we have mistakenly perceived that those things will bring us. And what I'm preaching to you today is that the blessing of the Lord doesn't need stuff to bring you what your soul really wants and what your heart really desires but the blessing of the Lord it maketh rich I think I'm preaching to some wealthy folks this morning that have been blessed by the Lord. I think I'm preaching to some people that have been made rich, amen, in the things of God. The blessing of the Lord, he said, it maketh rich. And what does he say? And what? He addeth no sorrow with it. See, here's the difference between God and the world. The difference between the blessings of the Lord, amen, and the curse of sin. I'll never forget, we were visiting a man's home. We were preaching, I won't tell you what state, we were preaching at a church that we went to almost every year. We were holding a revival and they had an event one, I don't know if it was a birthday party or something. We went to this, went to this family's house, man, fam, good family in the church. We went to their house and, and uh, they were celebrating something. So we were there with the pastor and and a bunch of church people were having a great time. And we went to his house, large house, nice house, very nice house. And he built his entire house by himself. And he was not only a general contractor, but he did it himself. I mean, and it had everything you could think of. The offices and the, and the, and the movie room and all, all the kinds of stuff that you would have and everybody would want. And I'm going in and I'm admiring his trim work and I'm trying his, admiring his, his, his craftsmanship and all of his stuff. And I'm looking at that. And we were talking about the building and man, oh, this is so great. And without skipping a beat, I said, man, this is just awesome. He said, I wish I would have never done it. I wish I would have never done it. And he must have said that if he said it once, he must have said it a dozen times to me as I'm going through saying, wow, how long did this take? And I can't remember. It was something like 12 years or something. And he, he would do one floor and then finish the next and then finish the next and all this stuff. And, and, he, and, and, and he must have saved this much money and it would have cost this much if you would have paid for it. But, you know, he saved this much. And he said, without fail, he said, I never would have done it. He said, because what I did was I spent the best years of my family's life. He said, instead of being in the house of God and Instead of doing all these other things, he said, everything was about the house. I had to have the house. And he said, I lived and I breathed this. And he said, I missed all of my son's stuff. And I missed, I missed all of their games. And I missed all of this stuff. And I wasn't with them. And he said, now I've got this big, beautiful home. And they don't want anything to do with me. And none of them are living for God. And none of them are in church. And he said, I, I would give it all over again, he said. And he said, I, he's made amends. And he got in church and gave himself to the Lord and his wife all those years going to church by herself trying to do this he said I wouldn't have done it I'm going to tell you that is the temptation and that is the lie that this world will tell you that you just keep on working keep on working I'm going to tell you this you can put all of that stuff on hold and say I'm going to make a decision that every Sunday I'm going to be in the house of God I'm going to bring my children around me and we may not have all of that stuff but we're going to have this and I'll tell you you be faithful to God and you watch how God comes through and God 
blesses you and God provides and God makes a way. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich. If somebody's thinking about it today, I've got a promise. And here's the promise. If you put God first, David said, I have been young and now I'm old and I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. Hallelujah. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich and it addeth no sorrow with it. When you get rich in the kingdom of God, it won't cost you your career. It won't cost you your reputation. It won't cost you your family. It won't cost you, come on somebody, your marriage. But the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich. Oh, hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost in the house today. I feel the Holy Ghost in the house today. Come on, God will bless you. God will bless you. God will bless you. Hallelujah. You say, well, maybe I haven't made all the choices right. I haven't done everything right. That's all right. Neither have I. I've made mistakes too. But the good thing about this is as long as you got breath in your body, the the promise still is extended. (laughs) So I made some mistakes and I lost some things. That's all right. We've all lost some things. But you get back up. You say, you know what? I'm going back to the house of the Lord. I'm going back to the ways of God. Stand together with me. He addeth no sorrow. He addeth no sorrow with it. See, the richness of this world bringeth constant sorrow. It's hard to watch, but... It's hard to watch the celebrity lives and the lives of the rich and the famous, but that's what we're focused on today. If we have to have another reality show that's real housewives of something, I mean, haven't we already beaten that thing? People are obsessed watching other people because they want to see, oh, they want to see all that wonderful stuff, but I'm going to tell you that stuff, it's so dysfunctional, messed up. You're watching other people's mess. Don't let the devil lie to you. Come on, you don't want that. The blessing of the Lord maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow. God's a redeemer. God's a healer. God's a savior. Say bankruptcy, hey, that's no problem for God. Broken home, hey, that's no problem for God. Frustrated life, bereavement, loneliness, that's no problem for God. The blessings of the Lord maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow. I grew up around death in my family. It was horrible. Had some horrible, horrible atrocities take place, accidents, tragedies. I I won't even mention, not within our own household, but within my immediate, not my immediate family, but uncles. Wow, tragic things in my life. Watching people I was so dear to, tragically tormenting, horrible things. And it was hard, but you know what? At every one of those, there was a blessing. Because even though in our heart we grieved and we sorrowed, there was a blessing of the Lord that was upon their life. And this life is but a vapor. It passeth but for a moment. But the blessing of the Lord, God adds no sorrow. I remember one night in 1989, we were... In the middle of the night, been called to the house and my uncle passed away. How do you do that? How, how, do you, how do you deal with that? 
my father was there and we gathered around and we did what only we knew what to do. There was probably 30 of us packed in that house as we began to pray. We began to pray. Weeping, crying, but praying, God, why? God, why? God, you've got to help. God, and right in the middle of that moment, we talked about it Wednesday night when somebody asked a question about spiritual gifts. Right in the middle of that household, nine years old, I'll never forget. Somebody began to speak out in the spirit. And tongues of interpretation were given that night. And the Lord came down, and I can't remember it for word for word, but I still remember the Lord saying, I've called my servant home. And he, he, he's done what I've asked him to do. My uncle had been a pastor, tried to pioneer churches, had failed proverbially. He had failed in every church he started out west, and he came home thinking he was a failure. He thought he was a failure. He had given his life, and God took him home. He doesn't know that right now, Senator's son is a pastor somewhere because of his ministry. The entire football team was baptized in Jesus' name while he was there. He passed away and our sorrow was great, but in that moment God says, I'm calling my servant home. All of a sudden, the room changed. All of a sudden, it was not a grieving, it was a sorrow over all the missed memories and moments the future would have, but it was a hope and a promise that if I live this life, I know that, that what this curse of this earth and curse of this body and life, it's going to pass away. And it doesn't matter because there's a blessing of the Lord waiting for us all in eternity. Blessing of the Lord adds no sorrow. He takes the sorrow out of life. There's no sorrow. There should be no sorrow in your family, in your household. There should be no sorrow. The sorrow that comes is not from the blessing of the Lord. It's from this earth. In Acts chapter 2, there was a group of people, a large group of people that thought they had it right. They were living in their religiosity and their tradition. The power of the Holy Ghost fell. In the upper room, Peter stood up and he began to preach to them. And the Bible says when he preached to them, they were pricked in their hearts. There was a sorrow, there was a guilt that got them that was, wow, I did this. I rejected Jesus, the Messiah. These were people that were waiting for the Messiah. And Peter stands up and basically says, not only did you miss him, you killed him. And all of a sudden there's sorrow in their heart. I missed it. God was trying to come down and touch me and I pushed him away. I rejected him. I killed him. I'm going to tell you, you may have made some mistakes and you may have pushed God away in times past. You may have killed the work of God and the messenger of God in your life, but there's still mercy and there's still grace. And they called out to Peter, what shall I do? And he said, repent. Repent and be baptized every one of you and to those that rejected him he said if you do these things you shall receive the gift of the holy ghost so it doesn't matter how many mistakes you made or how many broken promises or how many times you push God away. All it takes is one run to an altar. And God says, I'll restore the promise. 
every promise of every word, every blessing that I have, I'll bring it back down. And it comes back down in your life. You can go home here today knowing I may have made some mistakes in my past, but today I'm living beneath the blessing of the Lord. I'm living with the blessing of the Lord inside of my heart. Come on, can we bow our heads all across this place? Lord, in Jesus' name.